keep the peace. Welcome, 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 dear listener, to this uh, next edition of Wag the Dog FM. This week, we're going to talk about a very interesting topic with Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. He's a Canadian researcher and professor in the College of uh, Business and Economics at the University of Guelph, that's in Ontario, Canada. And we're going to talk about how Monsanto is managing their stakeholders around the whole GMO kind of thing. And this is not a GMO discussion, okay, from the start. I want to make this clear. But this is how an organization like Monsanto is changing the way how they're handling their stakeholders, how they are talking to the public, how they are talking to the different people who interact with their brand around that topic. And uh, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois did a specific study around that. And, um, you know, he's, he's not just one guy doing a study. Sylvain has ordered nearly 200 publications in peer-reviewed journals, professional publications, conference proceedings, and he's a real top specialist in food science and management. He's known for being the lead author of many reports, and he's specialized in global food safety and traceability systems. So this is the top specialist worldwide looking at Monsanto and how they manage their stakeholders. So for the next, what, small half hour, we'll dive into the world of Monsanto, GMOs and stakeholder management. I hope you'll enjoy it. Sylvain, welcome on this week's edition of Wag the Dog. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. I found your uh, name and contacts uh, on a paper that you recently, or a study that you recently published, and uh, the title of that is uh, In the Belly of the Beast, A Look at Monsanto's Public Engagement Awakening. And of course, in public relations, we uh, we really like uh, everything that has to do with uh, stakeholder management, and I think that's uh, the study that you've done, specifically done around Monsanto, right? That is correct. That's the, um, yeah, the stakeholder theory was was the basis of our evaluation uh, when we actually spent time at Monsanto in St. Louis uh, a few months ago. Okay, and now, can you just give us a big background, like why this company and then what was the purpose of the study? Well, essentially, uh, Monsanto, uh, so the University of Guelph, uh, for, for those who don't know, I mean, it's it's really the Food University of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of research is, is conducted uh, around agriculture and food uh, at the University of Guelph. And, um, and, and, and essentially, Monsanto came to us. Uh, mm-hmm. That was about, I'd say, a little over a year ago now. And they came to us uh, and uh, asked us to write a case on on their on their company, and uh, we asked them exactly what the case would be about. And uh, essentially, the topic was around risk communication mm-hmm. uh, and, and engagement. And early on in our in our initial interview, uh, it, it it came quite it became quite clear that. Uh, we were dealing with a company that that really uh, was at the crossroads in terms of dealing with the public, uh, engaging with uh, different stakeholders. And so we thought it was a fascinating case. So we basically decided to um, start writing a report, get ethical approval, and then fly over to St. Louis to interview a series of executives, uh, managers, and employees at at Monsanto in St. Louis to to better understand the the the, uh, the internal perceptions of of uh, how they're dealing with uh, with the uh, systemic hatred around mm-hmm. around Monsanto, which is actually why we entitled our title "Inside 
inside the belly of the beast because uh, Monsanto is often perceived as as a beast. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that is one of the things when, when it, it's incredible how a company can be so matched with one specific thing that they do. When people say Monsanto, we immediately identify, we immediately follow up with GMO. It's, it's, uh, it, 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 and for a public relations or communications or reputation person, you know, it's, it's, that must be very tough. So, and, and that was the topic then to look at, okay, so they're at a crossroads and then looking into their stakeholder management. Exactly. So wondering, uh, basically what we wanted to know from their perspective is, is where did they go wrong? Mm -hmm. uh, losing the um, risk perception game essentially over the years uh, clearly they 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 lost they lost something and and that's why we wanted to find out exactly uh, what their thoughts are about about this this uh, image war going on between the anti-gmo groups uh, consumers and and themselves so, and how do you approach that? So, you mentioned that you did interviews. So, you go out, you have a certain objective, and then you you start analyzing uh, the thing. Can you explain a little bit? Well, so essentially, what we wanted to do uh, was to capture uh, perceptions of, of cer certain employees' in internal morale. Mm -hmm. uh, what was going on there? Because uh, obviously, for managers and employees. Uh, they're they're powerless. They're scientists. You have to remember that Monsanto. I mean, they have uh, over two twenty two thousand employees. Uh, Seventy percent of employees at Monsanto actually have PhDs. So, as you can imagine, there's a, there's an internal culture around around science. Science mm -hmm. is is a virtue, and uh, and so most of them. Uh, believed for for years that if science is on their side, there's no need to connect with the public at all, ever. And because they don't need to explain or justify what they were doing. Because but that is slowly changing. So we started at the, we basically started with employees doing the research, went on to managers, and then finally we basically interviewed vice presidents and, uh, and, and the CEO himself, uh, Hugh Grant. And so what did you find out after those interviews? I, I, I guess you have different uh, feedback on those interviews, depending on where you are in the organization, what kind of level, with whom you're talking, what kind of functions. Did you interview PR people? Uh, we did not, actually. Uh -huh. uh, well, we, we essentially what we wanted to evaluate was uh, whether or not their new engagement strategy worked. And, and their engagement strategy involves PR uh, professional uh, public relations people from outside mm -hmm. but essentially uh, the uh, the goal of the program is to train internal people the engagement program that they have uh, is is about um, training ambassadors before years ago Monsanto really had uh, was a fortress essentially nobody was allowed to talk on behalf of Monsanto nobody was allowed to talk to media um, at conventions uh, at town halls no one was allowed to talk to anyone the 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 ambassador program or the new engagement program was really about empowering employees allowing them to speak out for themselves speak out on behalf of the company so when they made a call last year for volunteers, 
get this. I mean, they actually received over 6,000 names. Wow, 6,000 employees. Yeah. yeah. So 6,000 6, employees essentially wanted to become PR experts for Monsanto. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's very powerful as well because... You know, you could you could do uh, external communications as much as you want, but if your employees are not, you know, in the game and 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 believing the same thing and looking in the same direction, it's it's always a contradiction. Yeah. Absolutely, and so that was a powerful message coming from from the uh, from the workforce to management, saying that they they've recognized the problem for years and they wanted to do something about it. Okay, what are other findings? So you you've done the interviews. How, how do you see? Was there a kind of involvement in in uh, in their stakeholder approach? Has that shifted somewhere? You've explained already a bit now with the 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 internal ambassadors. What else did you discover doing this uh, this research uh, for this study? Well, we actually looked at different components of the of the new engagement program. So the ambassador program was was probably the most powerful one, I would say. But they actually um, they they were pockets of other little initiatives that that were of interest. For example, they've actually set up these uh, insights uh, committees, um, engaging mothers, uh, millennials, uh, fathers, uh, uh, high. Research professionals, uh, people, uh, leaders in communities, they actually have set up uh, a series of different groups to test things, to basically test the waters uh, on a regular basis. So they meet every few months uh, at different locations in the country. That's purely only in the United States, by the way. It's not in, it wasn't in Canada or in Europe or anywhere else. It's okay. basically only in, in Canada, in the U.S., and so they meet these people on a regular basis just to, tr to just to ask are things uh, are things going uh, is the uh, needle move is the perceptual needle moving at all are people talking about Monsanto are people talking about GMOs uh, if they are talking about uh, genetically modified uh, crops or or different things what are they talking about uh, where are they talking about it is it on social media uh, so they they try to connect with the public to anticipate shocks because before they they just were always in reaction mm -hmm. all the time and uh, by engaging with the public they can they can anticipate uh, things that may may happen uh, before they explode, essentially. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, this is real stakeholder management. It's not only clients, right? It's not only consumers or clients, I would say. It's really the, the, the different people that you just mentioned, uh, consumers, non-consumers, um, uh, leaders in, in the community, um, yeah. those kind of things, right? Absolutely. The, the trigger was, was essentially the decision in Argentina, they actually did not see that coming a couple of years ago when the government of Argentina decided to not license a, uh, a plant Monsanto was planning to build. Uh, and Argentina is, is similar to Canada and US. It's a very, very pro GMO market compared to Europe. Uh, so it came out as a complete shock and it meant to them that Boy, some some groups are some interest groups are getting to the government in a meaningful way, and and things have to change. So that was the one wake up call they actually had. The other uh, the other significant uh, phenomena that has affected Monsanto's ability to 
to, um, well, promote what they do is social media. I mean, when you visit social media, clearly it is losing the game. So that would be the second shift. But underneath all that are farmers. Farmers are the true customers of Mansell. They actually buy the technology on a regular basis. And mm -hmm. they never actually were vocal all that much. Uh, for years, they bought the technology and they grew crops and they didn't really... Uh, made much of it. But over the years, over the last few years particularly, people start to connect farming with Monsanto. Mm -hmm. And and so in, in social in the social in social media and interest groups were starting to link farmers who actually uh, they certainly are very trusted by the public, but more and more people were starting to doubt the integrity of farmers as a result of their connection with uh, with the technology, including including Monsanto. And so that's when my farmers started to go back to Monsanto and say, what are you going to do about this? I mean, are you going to actually do anything? And that's why they started to, th to think, well, we need a new strategy. Yeah. And that's when we came in. Yeah. When you talk about, again, I mean, the word has fallen, social media. There is not one interview I do on this podcast where social media is not mentioned, um, and yeah, which, which is normal, which is normal, but yeah. uh, it's it's so uh, typical for, for the days that we live in. Um, again, social media, very dangerous grounds if you uh, you are in conflict, if you are, you know, under pressure all the time, and especially if you have a history of only reactive communications. That's right. And so, uh, so essentially, um, Monsanto is, is desperate to connect with the public. Uh, it's desperate to engage and create a rapport with, with the public overall. I mean, I, I would say that there were some, uh, I don't know if you actually read the entire report or the entire article, but there were some poignant uh, uh, moments in our research. One lady, for example, um, who, uh, who lives in the St. Louis uh, area. She's a manager. She manages a lab at Monsanto. She, she, she broke down during the interview uh, explaining that her sister uh, at Christmas started to, um, to uh, criticize her for, for working for Monsanto, mm -hmm. essentially destroying the planet because she read the, uh, the book from Michael Pollan, mm -hmm. uh, the... Um, Omnivore manifesto, and so in, or in defense of food. Sorry, yeah. And so, really, it it became personal for many of these employees, and and that's why you saw so many people uh, come forward to help the company and help their cause because it it has become a cause for Monsanto as much as it is a cause for surrounding stakeholders that are criticizing Monsanto. Yeah, no, and I can imagine, uh, I can relate to, to what you just explained. I mean, it's uh, just in my, in my environment, family and friends, uh, once GMO, those three letters fall, it's a, it's a heated discussion, however you turn it. You know, it's, it's, uh, people have these ideas and they're, you know, Pro, contra, wrong, right, whatever. That is not the point here. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, but, but people have these ideas and it's, it's, a, it's a very strong discussion. Yeah. And I, I presented the paper on Monsanto in April here in Austria. Uh, and uh, let me tell you, the room was packed. Yeah. <laughs> the room was packed. And, uh, uh, and actually, the director of research was a bit concerned because he thought that perhaps uh, some people would come in and, and be quite vocal about 
about the study. And uh, but I went ahead and presented the paper, and it was actually quite cordial. It was uh, it was a two hours. It was a two-hour discussion around Monsanto, but it was very, very polite and uh, very respectful. Mm. And but in the end, of course, you could feel in the room that that there were about three hundred in the room, and I I could feel that in the room, most people just weren't comfortable with Monsanto's modus operandi. Mm. But at the same time, it is it is a good practice. I mean, what you just explained and what you studied at Monsanto in the U.S. then uh, stakeholder relations. Uh, and you know that is good PR practice. It's it's a very positive way to look at and get direct feedback. Or you you have to do something with that feedback that you get. Uh, otherwise, it's just a bit of window dressing. But if if they actually use this and 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 change the way that they position themselves and 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 allowing their employees as well to become you know uh, people who go out there and explain what they do, that can only be seen as positive, right? I think so. And when it comes to food, things. I always, I always think that food is a bit different uh, as a product, as an industry. I mean, it involves everyone. Every day we consume it. Uh, and, uh, and as soon as uh, there's a breach in trust, wh wh whenever um, a company uh, is targeted as fraudulent or uh, may actually behave in a irresponsible manner, Uh, people people become upset and 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 are concerned and so I mean I, I can go back to the horse meat scandal in Europe it was a it was a it was a, it was a great scandal and and basically probably surprised a lot of consumers but in the end we need to understand each other we need to understand food systems and I think these discussions these public discussions around around issues like GMO, GMO GM labeling, um, food fraud, uh, uh, any, food safety. I mean, all these issues really merit uh, a lot of, of attention. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as individuals, it's very important to get together and talk about these issues. From, from a, um, a communications point of view, and Of course, I mean, you are not a communications professional, but you understand doing this research. What are the things that you think is, is, is are happening here at Monsanto with that, the new approach to stakeholders? Is, is that a, a move forward? At least to me, it seems that it's an opening up at least, and it's a different approach. It's a good question. Uh, my honest answer to your question is, that Monsanto perceives this as a work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, this, is, this, is, this is a new field for them. They, they're, they're, when I was at Monsanto interviewing employees to the CEO, I mean, you could feel that there's, there's a, they're not in, in a, they're, they're, not, they're outside their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Engaging with the public is highly, is a, is a risky endeavor in their minds. Uh, and, and they don't necessarily understand why they do it, but they actually do it because they feel it is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, that's That was my impression, spending uh, a great deal of time in St. Louis. I mean, these people actually care about, uh, about, uh, about the company. They care about agriculture. They care about um, uh, sustainable development. Uh, they care about the same issues as, anybody, as anyone else. Um, so being perceived as, as the devil bothers them greatly. And so uh, over the years, they've actually thought that science was actually going to serve them and serve them well. 
uh, and it, it, it hasn't failed them, but it hasn't been able, it has, it has failed them to connect mm-hmm. with the consumers. Would you so say when you, look, when you look at the history of Monsanto, they, they really didn't have to connect with the public until 2000 when Monsanto was created. And, and when they started to really focus on, on agriculture, they, they've always had the pharmaceutical approach and they really didn't need the support of, of consumers, but now they have to. Would you say they're moving from, and now I'm just going to use a bit of, uh, uh, you know, imagery from from Middle Ages, but would you say they, they were a bit like a castle under siege and that now uh, the siege is still there, but at least, you know, the gate is open and they're starting to build a bridge or maybe lower the moat, uh, the, 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 the bridge over the moat? I, I, well, I, they have a long uh, road. Uh, they have a long, a very, very long uh, road ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not it's not over. It's going to take many years. In fact, um, uh, you may know uh, that this summer Monsanto was trying to acquire Syngenta yeah. uh, in Basel, and uh, I, I think, and this is this is my own opinion. I, I think uh, the 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 goal here uh, there are two objectives. One, to connect with Europe, because Europe is a very important market. Uh, Monsanto basically uh, is just not not in Europe at all. So it would actually open up uh, the European market to Monsanto. And secondly, it could be an opportunity for them to rebrand itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and that would be important because I, I just don't see how the brand itself, Monsanto, can be saved at this point because... It's, it's just to uh, negative, negatively viewed by so many people. From, from the, the stakeholder point of view, what, what have you seen as, as the systems in place? So, of course, the regular meetings with stakeholders in itself. Are there other things that you've discovered in the study that the way that they, they handle this, uh, this pressure? Um, it, it took them a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the focus for them, there were two focus. Uh, there were two main areas where they've invested a lot of energy and resources. One, research, and two, uh, lobbying. I mean, their customer was really the government and, and, and to get licenses and, and, and get approvals. That's really what their game was all about. And uh, for them to to get the support of the public was really not an issue until very recently. Uh, and I would say that it, it it was really late for them to recognize that. I think they should have recognized that a long time ago, even before uh, just last year, two years ago. Um, they just didn't have a relationship with anyone at all beyond government and farmers, which I think was a mistake. Yeah, because this is all about... If I understand well, this is all about them taking a decision. At least, again, we're talking about U.S., uh, but but at least to, to take these very first steps in connecting really with the public at large, the different stakeholders that there are. And first of all, probably it, it has to. It, probably the first thing was like the acceptance that there are general public and that stakeholders have an impact on what they do. As you said, they were strong believers that science would, you know save them and keep them in the right and explain what they were doing, but they discovered that it was not enough. That's right. Exactly. And what, what is going on in the U S is really, really, uh, uh, is, is, is a, is a source of great concern to Monsanto. The whole notion of, uh, of gently, uh, of, of labels, food labels, uh, uh, 
um, and, and GM labels, that is something that really uh, is bothering Monsanto. Uh, so you have uh, Vermont, uh, you have New York, you have uh, you even had a plebiscite in California. Um, the pro the pro GM uh, labeling lost, but but narrowly. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. so there there is this momentum. Uh, towards GM labeling, and uh, if that if that happens in Monsanto, Monsanto sees this as a as a as a as an issue. I actually don't see it as an issue for them because it's really part of of. Uh, I, w- I would say it's an extended way of communicating risk with the public, and it could actually potentially demystify what the technology is all about. I mean, most people actually don't even realize that uh, genetically modified crops are embedded in many of the products we eat in North America. And so, um, and so by demystifying the technology, perhaps, just perhaps, more consumers will better understand or better appreciate what Monsanto is trying to do. Yeah, I mean, and there are enough cases in the, uh, in the PR industry uh, and history where labeling, when well-positioned, well-explained, is an advantage and not you know, a, a critique or a negative thing. Exactly. So if Monsanto is to embrace uh, this, uh, this new regulation, it, it, it could be perceived as a more transparent company. But they haven't, uh, they haven't made that move yet. And I, I, just, I just don't know whether or not they will. So you've done the study and probably delivered, uh, I would say, of course, you, you, you discussed the, the, the findings with, with the organization. Um, what, what was the reaction? What, is, what do you think? Are they... Are there next steps with this? <laughs> I must say, well, so when I was invited to St. Louis, I just didn't know what to expect. I mean, I, I, I was, uh, it was my first time going to um, Monsanto in, in St. Louis. We, we actually have a, an office in, uh, in uh, Canada, which actually happens to be in Guelph. Um, but beyond that, I, I just didn't know what to expect. And so when I got there, obviously, there was a lot of security and people at the gate. Uh, actually, every day there's some people at the gate with signs and anti-GMO signs, and, and that was that was expected. But once I actually got into to uh, to Monsanto, which really looks like a university campus, by the way, it's it's really it just looks like a university. If you didn't, if you wouldn't see the the sign Monsanto, it really looks like a place where you could study. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's fitting with the culture. Um, but once I actually got on uh, on the premises, Renee and I, my colleague, Renee Van Hacker, my co-author, um, we were free to walk wherever we wanted. And I was shocked because I've, I've actually conducted many, many case studies with different companies and in the food business, things are really tough and things are tight. And, and what I was expecting was to be consigned to a boardroom, stay there, be escorted to the washroom when needed, and always have a lawyer there when I ask a question. And every time there was a question that would bother the lawyer, I would be asked not to ask that question again. Yeah, yeah. That really usually is how things go when you do these things. There was none of that. Absolutely none. I basically turned on the recorder. There was no issues. Of course, we had to. Uh, uh, we we needed consent forms to be of signed. Of course, but, yeah, but that's normal. But, eh? Yeah. But beyond that, 
There was nothing else. I mean, we could, we would have, been, we were free to walk wherever we wanted. Uh, no escorts. Um, I was very impressed with uh, with how much uh, they trusted us. So very open culture. Uh, what what you discovered there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, one of the most open cultures I've actually experienced in my career. Sylvain, uh, just to 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 finalize our our uh, our, our um, discussion here, our interview. Um, when you look at the the, the stakeholder aspects and um, maybe broader than Monsanto, what do you think is crucial in an approach for a company in this sector? Because as you said, I mean, food is so, I would I say, part of our daily life. Uh, we die if we don't have it. Uh, and of course, you pay attention to what we eat, or most people would. Uh, but so what would... What is the most important thing in stakeholder management in the food sector for maybe a couple of other people are listening in from the same sector? What do you think is, is interesting there? I think, uh, I mean, we do talk a lot about transparency these days, uh, but uh, what, 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 what consumers are expecting is a more transparent supply chain. So not just, so it's not just about the company anymore. It's about the ingredients. It's about uh, procurement. It's about the origin of food. I mean, The more transparent you are, the more likely you will be able to engage with the public and gain their trust. That's that's the one thing. The other uh, the other issue that is really becoming very important is is accountability. Um, I mean, more and more people actually do expect companies to be accountable towards the public and accountable to themselves. Uh, and so that's certainly those are really two things that that I see. Uh, having currency moving forward in the food business. Great stuff. Uh, Sylvain, merci beaucoup. Je vais le dire en français, hein, comme vous êtes Canadien. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> merci. Uh, thank you for being on the show. This was a really interesting discussion. And uh, I'll put all the links relevant to this discussion on the show notes, of course. So, uh, merci beaucoup. Il n'y a pas de quoi. Au revoir. Au revoir. There you go. I love this edition, uh, this episode. Um, first of all, uh, Dr. Sylvain Charleweiser is a great guy. I was really enjoyed our discussion. And um, I think we kept it, you know, objective as it should be by a doctor, a scientist and a good podcaster. Uh, but the insights that we discovered here, I think, are valid for many organizations and just shows how important real stakeholder management has become in our profession. So I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, as always, please go to iTunes, uh, look for Wag the Dog, give a rating, give a comment. And again, you can do this for each and every episode. So when I ask this, it is for this episode. So please do uh, give some feedback. Again, if you know people you want to get on this show, if you have topics that you want to see me cover and uh, look for the top specialists out there and interview him or her, on that topic, please let me know a simple email or go to the website www.wagthedog.fm. Same place where you'll also find the show notes of this edition. And until next week, do the right thing. Keep the peace.